Broadcasting from Fairfax, Virginia, you are now tuned in to the Highlight Cast with your hosts, Adam McNair and Kevin Long. Welcome to the Highlight Cast. This is Adam McNair joined by Kevin Long. Hi, Kevin. How's it going, Adam? Good to hear your voice. See your face. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, this has been uh, several months since we've done one of these and... The world ended in between. <laughs> a- a- absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's been very, very different. Obviously, as I think it has been for everybody. Uh, we, for for transparency's sake, we closed down our main office in March, and as we sit here today, it is now September. So we've all been remote. Um, I guess my. You know, my my overall business perspective, there's a lot of things about tools and all of that. I will tell you from the uh, personal angle of it, I started out thinking that maybe this would be a month or something and set up temporarily in, in the kitchen and then moved to the kind of the next stage was, well, this might be a while and set up in the basement. And the third phase for me has been this might really, really be a while, and I have now established an upstairs room as an office. So Out of the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of how it has gone here. How has your just personal logistics worked out? Seriously, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been crazy. Uh, I felt exactly the same way. I, I started with, you know, okay, well, I mean, I've got a laptop, so I can work from home, and, you know, uh, my wife works from home, too, so she has the the work from home space normally set up. And so I was working other places so as to not disturb her. So I'd have my laptop on my lap and I did that for a while. And then I was like, you know, this is, this is, this is not going to end super soon. I'm going to get me a keyboard (laughs) and I'm going to get set up with a desk and some place to work, right? And so, uh, uh, and ironically, I just also migrated to a second floor room myself with a desk. And so it's uh, more comfortable. So th- thumbs up there, you know? Yeah, I will tell you the little uh, logistical challenges that I have had to overcome, uh, the the inability to have cell service in the basement was the first oh, one. Wow! Um, and so I had to, ex- to get some Wi-Fi extenders and figure mm-hmm. that out. Um, I have have turned back on a home phone so that I can have a, a another line in the event that I am going to be on a longer call that's not some digital platform. Yeah. Um, and and the the echo factor the microphone headset so forth um you know what i've found is that a lot of these calls some of them do better than others depending on what platform you're on of absolutely using whatever algorithm they use to 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 separate out the voice track and some of them don't do it very well at all and uh so i think i'm now set up and able to communicate without echo and all of those things but it's just interesting those are the kinds of things that you just when you when you have a meeting here or there remotely you just don't have that big a problem with right yeah it was uh, i literally had to get set up with with the microphone and everything as well i mean i never realized like i, I would walk around the office i mean mbwa management by walking around right and yeah. hear about what's going on and things like that now you're jumping on to zoom or skype 
or Teams or Google Hangouts or or a cell phone call um, to do the same stuff. And if I couldn't just walk in there or I was out and about, I'd essentially be in my car on Bluetooth, right? And so I found out that my cell phone and computer microphone speakers uh, sucked for everybody else that I was talking to, <laughs> right? They're, yeah. they're like, Kevin, you're talking through a tunnel and we don't think you are. We see you on the camera. You know, please fix. And so, yeah, it was uh, it's a totally different, different set of must haves for for being able to communicate well to a group and and around it's it's been really yeah and honestly headphones that are comfortable to wear for four straight hours right yeah. <laughs> yeah and i i that that interaction from walking around was a big thing for me to figure out how to replace i mean different people work differently and i think um the layout of our our physical office as best i recall it from six months ago right <laughs> Everything that I would do when we have kind of two floors in our building and I, I'd go from one to the other and you pretty much walk through most of the the areas of the office going from one to the other. And I would just catch up with people on things and and trying to find st- structured ways to do that where you're not just. You know, running into people, yeah, solving problems before they become problems because you heard a, overheard a conversation of people trying to solve something in the common room, right? It is, oh, it is such a challenge for me because it it is, it is absolutely the way the way I prefer to operate. That you know, now when I walk around, all I do is have, you know, my wife looking at me saying, you know, I'm working too, and my dog saying, does this mean we're taking a walk now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's very, very different, and, and, and it's it is it feels strange to me to be so excited about collaboration tools. Like I, the only one that I can really say that I I felt that way about from a technical perspective at any point was when when the first time that I went from developing a proposal with the old check in check out the document method and everyone could be in the document at one Concurrent time collaboration I was like, oh, oh my, this is amazing change. right and now that we have gone um we had Microsoft Teams on our backlog of things to accomplish, but it was still it still felt like kind of a um, evolving tool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we were going to get to it, and we had been on Skype for business, and it, it's okay for. I mean, going back to the creating a dial-in bridge so that everybody can dial into something from their phones, it works just fine for that. Um, But there's a reason it's an end-of-life tool now. And Microsoft Teams is so so much better. And I actually feel like it's chat functionality because it allows us to have – almost like digital informal conversations that are themed and separated. And it's not just, you know, by person, um, right. You know, th- that's With like ran- random history and timestamp. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, cause one of the things that I had had to evolve to a long time ago was there's so much email coming in. 
that <laughs> I mean, and you know this. It, <laughs> oh, I yeah. tell everybody, if you need something, you need to text me text because me. I'm going to get 500 emails a day. I will get to your email eventually. If it's time sensitive, don't put it in email unless there's a text that accompanies it that says right. check your email. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, um, and so there's there's just so much of that. And, and text was okay, but – then would not if you're in the basement that doesn't get signal. So I solved that problem. That was right. the first the first piece was not now yeah. my texts don't work. But then once they did, because it was becoming a communication platform, now all of a sudden I'm getting so many texts I can't I'm losing track of texts. Oh no. But Teams has really handled that. I mean it really um, the integration on mobile, the the ability to work uh, collaboratively, to work in documents, to have conversations, to have team-based conversations. I mean, it's been, um, oh, yeah. it's been it, phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. I mean, last night I was, you know, Stan needed a, uh, Stan and Raj needed a quick catch up on a proposal that they were working on. So Stan texts me and says, hey, do you have a quick second for a Teams call? And I replied back, sure, only via cell phone though, because I, I wasn't at my computer. I could put it on on speaker and I could keep making dinner and get them the information that they needed. Right. It was uh, it, it was great. And I'm still learning everything that teams can do. Well, I mean, I just got out of a meeting with a, a partner that that has been using teams for years and the stuff that he's talking through on that. I mean, I was already excited. I'm super excited to figure out all, all, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that was is, is the biggest change that, you know, that we've made um, as we've been um, remote here, remote extensively. Um, and really yeah, um, yeah. Since we've cl- we've closed the office, uh I've been in there three or four times where something needed to be done in paper or, you know, signed with ink because that's still a thing or or something like that. Um, But one thing for a second. So, yeah, we did get to have that happen. And I mean, luckily, if you're going to pick a time to have an office flood, it's good to have it flood when no one is is using it. But, uh, yeah, the uh, storm drain for the building backed up in one of the major uh, rainstorms we had and uh, they got to replace all the carpet in the bottom 14 inches of drywall on, on the entire I mean, it wasn't just our suite it was the entire first floor of the building wow. so it was uh that pretty was extensive yeah uh well you know it's interesting we just um kind of settled up all the back and forth and and of course when that happens there was some wiring that had to be done after the fact and whatever so that's um that's getting getting closed up and we we did we use microsoft teams to share our covid reopening plan uh which what we are trying to do is figure out just the the minimum number of people that really have um physical requirements for space and it 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 ends up being contracts and procurement and finance there are some things that um they still have to handle in paper for one reason or another right um so we're trying to do hr probably too yeah a little bit um 
you know, a lot of the things that we've we've digitized, the offer letter process, all of the signature is uh, is is digital. Um, the I-9 verification is all digital. So a lot of that stuff we've been able to um, to, to streamline and, and minimize that. Um, you know, the, the other thing that we have is that we have added some uh, support organization staff during during this period. And so we, we frankly, we wouldn't have an office for everybody under old space guidelines, let alone uh, trying to keep people distanced. And, yeah. uh, you know, and regardless of what the, the recommendations for, feet, for square footage and everything are, it's just important that you know, I don't want people to sit there and be uncomfortable. I mean, even when it gets to a point where where, um, you know, whether the state tells you you can or you can't or, or whatever, um, I don't want to go tell two people, hey, hey, here here you go. You can sit on either side of this plastic screen. And um, yeah, I mean, and if work can be done someplace where someone's more comfortable doing it. Right. I mean, we're an IT company. Right. <laughs> Let's eat our own dog food, yo. Yeah, and and one of the things that I have have found interesting is so many of those um, you know support wrecks as we open them. It's like, well, location is in Fairfax, Virginia, and then you pause for a second. You're like, but I guess it doesn't really but need to you're be. Never going to walk in here unless something unusual happens. So yeah, how about Topeka? <laughs> Yeah, I've the last several interviews that that I've been conducting, um, California, Florida, and then frankly, a couple of people. I'm not even sure where they are. I know they weren't local, but they were someplace else. Right. And it's just not it's not a a, a factor to weigh into, you know, this the staffing decision. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not if the intention is to have them be 100 percent remote, I mean. Right. I mean, wherever that's I mean, that's exciting. Yeah. The one thing that I did have is is an interesting thought. um, One of these interviews that I was conducting recently was there is now a a whole technical stress layer on top of it that for the for the applicant, you know, ordinarily they're coming in to get interviewed. And uh, what happens if there's traffic? What happens if I can't find the building? There's those kinds of things that has been alleviated, but that has been replaced by. What happens if my internet goes out? Internet goes out. I can't get my camera to work. Right. Um, you know, and it's it. I, I find it to be interesting because you'll send out a Skype, Teams, whatever invite, and if the person just calls in by phone, mm-hmm. it does. It, it gives gives me the the momentary thought of like, well. How's this remote work work for you? Are right? you kind of comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I I did an interview where the person was like, you know, they couldn't get the camera to work. Uh, hey, I can't get um, the speakers to work. Um, then I had one where we ended up they left their camera on and had to dial in from cell phone 
for the audio part and yep. um you know it's it's like yeah. where's that where's that line between it coaching on how to get this to work and just we're supposed to be talking about a job right uh, oh absolutely and and how te- i mean it's it's nice because at least for partially technical roles you know welcome to welcome to an informal uh skills test right i mean essentially and if you think about you know all the things that we do if you're not proficient in teams general online collaboration tools yeah those kinds of things it it would be hard to support what we're doing right now if you couldn't use those things yeah i mean for the foreseeable future, I mean, because I mean, I, I read that plan and to for reoccupancy, and it's, I mean, uh, at least in the meetings that we've been having, it was always, you know, it started in March. I mean, I, I flew back from Boston, St. Louis, Friday the 13th in March, and you texted me and said, "We're shutting down the office, work from home," and then we're like, "We'll reassess in June." Came to June, we're going to reassess in July. July came, we're going to reassess in September. September came. We're right now, it's November we're looking at for a few people going back in. And so, yeah, I mean, if you can't do, uh, which awesome reassessment, great decisions, uh, I think, especially with how successful it has been in, in making sure that people can continue to work. Um, I mean, I, I, they've resolved two it tickets for me today with random things. So huzzah, but, uh, yeah, it's, if you, if you're going to have people that aren't comfortable with the new normal, right. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. That, that answers a lot of your questions already. Yeah. And you know, the, so it's, it's a, that's a point to bring up is, you know, the way that we established a date for reopening of an office. Uh, so when all this happened, you know, it was kind of to be determined. The state of Virginia had mandated that things uh, close down there for a while. And um, so we we were closing and the schools closed. Uh, so we closed on essentially the same time schools closed. We made the call uh, a week before schools closed that we were going to close in a week. And so that that Monday that schools closed, we, we were had to close the office as well. Um, but it, the all the different factors that went into the decision, we got a note from our healthcare provider that offered from a best practice. They basically said, if you are knowledge workers, if you are in an industry that where you can do things remote, they believed that in their guidance that to protect the um, health and welfare of your employees, that – or I want to say it was something like 22nd or 27th or something like that seemed to be a good date to which to extend the uh, the remote work. And so certainly there's the health and welfare aspect. So that was one angle and underlying it. I mean, certainly far secondary, but certainly when you're looking at the overall span of things that play into the decision, uh, the cost associated with I don't want anybody to get sick ever, but 
Also, coupled with that, the potential cost exposure of if you had a bunch of people that got um, that got very sick. I mean, a COVID outbreak in a, in a company. Um, if you think about that, all tracing up to the company's health plan, uh, there's a lot of oh, cost wow. that yeah. goes goes in there. And your renewal every year is based on what you experienced last year. And so yeah, there's I mean, there's financial risk exposure. D- double whammy because people are too sick to work. And we're we're still pretty small, right? So goes through HQ, and so you don't have HR proposal and and half of ops management. They're laid out sick, and they're laid out sick. So then now now work's not getting done, and your your insurance premiums quintuple because seven people are hospitalized. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the operational risk to the company was also something that, um, you know, okay, yeah, I want to make sure that nobody, you know, gets gets sick and we don't expose people to things. I also, I mean, hey, all of life is stressful enough and jobs are stressful enough and enough things happen. You don't to if you can avoid having somebody sit there and worry about you know getting sick or or, or taking it home um you, you you do that but as you say we're we're in 30 at this point but our our nerve center if you will is uh, 6000 square room. feet of office space right yeah. and and shared break rooms and all of that kind of thing and so um we we have a lot of IT redundancy and a lot of cross training and all of that, but if about 25 people were out of commission for a couple of weeks, assuming best case and got better, uh, you know, even if it was the flu, whatever it was, if something happened and, and, and it took uh, several of our of our folks offline for a couple of weeks, it'd be a really bad uh, impact to the to the business. Yeah, um, I don't want to have to learn how to run payroll. <laughs> no, no, and nobody wants me doing that. Trust right? me. Um, yeah, yeah, and and then the other thing, I think um, everybody, you know, the, the logistics of of life and how to do things, accomplish things. Uh, people whose kids are in school, out of school, online only, two days a week, and that is yeah. changing. And again, I, you know, d- dynamic changing landscape, things change. So I get that, but it's also hard to plan. And I, it's, it's hard to tell somebody that they have to show up every day when they don't even know if their kids are going to be in school. Absolutely. I mean, as I interview people for new jobs, I'll tell you, like, there are a couple questions that I always get. And one of them is always, I have kids. When are things going to require me to no longer be at at home? Like, when will I have to start showing up on a site? And I have, I mean, some customers know that answer. Some customers don't. Uh, HQ people, you know, we definitely know that answer. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is a question everybody asks. I mean, if you have kids and, you know, uh, a huge number of folks that I know are, are doing partial. I mean, I, I don't know. Let me rephrase that. I don't know any school system that I have people that I know in that has a hundred percent on site students that, that with parents yeah. are doing. And so it is, mm-hmm. you know, 
the the how do I continue to provide value for the company and continue to do what is necessary for my family is always the question. Right. Yeah. And you know there are some things that I do think this will this will kind of permanently impact the remote versus in person. Um, yeah. Not only do people want the flexibility, I think a lot of people, I mean, not everybody, everybody's different. A lot of people want the flexibility to be able to work from home and fit things into their schedule and so forth. Um, but I think that the the collaboration tools and the familiarity with them and kind of that personal barrier to entry for, for doing this has been – out of necessity, pushed yeah. through and, and kind of fought through as we've done, as we had all had to work from home. And I think there were there was a lot of just um, kind of uh, stasis around these things have to be done in person. Right. And they've had to be done in person because they were always done in person. No. And not because there was technology that would allow you to not do it. And, you know, it's it's staggering how many things people have have decided cannot be done in person, like Intel community customers working remote, except for, you know, very specific things uh, you have. Uh, Customers doing, you know, major banking uh, support and loan support uh, uh, like FSA, all remote. I mean, just, you know, scattered to the wind. I mean, and we've had I mean, we've had people literally be able to be like, well, I mean, I, I can work from anywhere. So I'm going to head to the country with a hotspot. And because I know that they have 5G. And so I can do what I need to do from there. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so have you have you seen any functions that you've had to to accomplish mm-hmm. where you felt like remote was just really that if we had the option to get everybody back in a room that that particular thing that you did was would have really benefited from from in person. Yeah, one uh, solution sessions. A hundred percent. When you're trying to figure out how to approach a complicated problem, how to put up a solution diagram, how to put together a complicated workflow, things like that. It is there are tools out there that you can do whiteboarding and things like that online, but they are, at least for me. And you know, uh core competency of mine is looking around a room and, and, and figuring out who thinks what we're doing is is crazy. <laughs> um, right. That is just, it is not the same because some people turn off their cameras, some people dial in, some people. And so being able to, to, to focus on that um, is, you can do it, but it is, it is a slower process. That was actually my answer too, frankly. Um, that was what was stuck in my head because I've been on two or three different sets of solutioning calls that – like you say, I think if if everybody was really focused mm-hmm. and video on and took it as a collaboration session. And everybody had a whiteboard where they were working. Right. right. I, mean, I, I just, think you'd have more of a likelihood of having it really work. Yeah. Um, I've been on a lot. Most of the ones I've been on. Um, and again, it's multiple companies coming together around specific opportunities. Yeah. Y- you've got. 
people with different platform uh, comfort. And so some of them aren't familiar with the tool that you're using and how to how to interact. And then you've got 30 percent of them are only dialed in and you only see their kind of icon. Um, There's clearly a couple of people that dialed in and never said anything. And I think that's kind of the um, never come off mute. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like going to a class in college and putting your coat on a chair and leaving and coming back and getting it at the end. So somebody thought you were there kind of thing, you know, I, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, so that happens. some. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the solution session piece and I um, maybe we'll figure it out. You know, uh, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of commercial businesses and multinational corporations and all of that that have teams around the globe and have have figured this out and i think we're um you know still probably those some of those aspects are still stuck a little bit further back in the get everybody in a room and nobody leaves until the picture's drawn kind of right kind of, and, kind of and just being able to to hand someone a whiteboard marker and say, what do you think? <laughs> right. And it's just, uh, it, then, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, not everybody's on a touchscreen tablet. I mean, and drawing with a mouse is not the same thing as, as drawing with, with your hand. It's, you know, the, the dexterity and, and physical limitations around some of that are, are, uh, are still frustrating. And I, I expect that if there aren't major innovations already coming or stuff already out there that we don't know about, which I'm sure is the case at least some point, th- there's, there's going to be new stuff to to address all all of that you know live collaboration that isn't just talking back and forth having a meeting things like that um where you're collaborating on on a to be determined diagram workflow something like that yeah yeah and i um i also wonder how much like as we were talking about just kind of personal um you know, evolution of our work space and and logistics and all of that. How much is is uh, other people catching up to that? And um, yeah. it, what it, what comes down to individual you know circumstances, um, all of those things that are kind of real life stuff about. Well, I only have Wi-Fi in this part of my house and I don't have good coverage over there or I'm trying to work and somebody else is trying to do online classes in another area of the house or, Mm -hmm. you know, dogs, construction, um, ambulances, ambulances, all of those kinds of things. Um, I I live under the flight path of Dulles. We have a guy who lives under the flight path of Dulles. Um, so, right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's an absolute thing, but I mean, I'll tell you, uh, before I got a, a, the, the, the keyboard to be able to make my life easier. I absolutely had to go out and get a new wireless router because it was, uh, I had great internet, but an older router and it was stripping 50% of my throughput, which was fine when, 
when only one of us was working from home. But when mm-hmm. both of us are working from home and uh, all doing stuff online and, you know, streaming video and streaming audio and streaming television and streaming all, all that stuff. Yeah, no, it, 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 we absolutely had to figure out how we could expand coverage to parts of the house that would allow folks to work independently and not step on each other's toes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The the one thing that I haven't figured out just quite yet is from a corporate culture standpoint, it, it feels to me like it's important to get everybody to be on camera and to be able to see people. Um, yep. I mean, I think in these times where at least I, I'm not really going anywhere for the most part, I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm we're, I, we're probably not just for the fact that we're busy with with work and everything, but we're probably erring on the side of staying a phase or so behind wherever the um kind of reopening is but um seeing everybody from that perspective maintaining a team morale and interaction but then just the from the speaker interaction side when somebody wants to say something and you can tell non-verbally that they're getting ready to want to say something to avoid that 19 people talking over top of each other. And then everybody's real quiet for a minute or two, and then they try it again. Um, But also from the participant side that I'm not saying we have any of these kind of folks in our company, certainly, but somebody that kind of like that jacket on the chair type that has simply Uh dialed in is not really um, engaged with without a without a camera turned on. You could absolutely connect to a meeting, put it on mute and walk away. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt, you really, you really could. Uh, I mean, it's get the cardboard cut out, you know, for, to turn on and just sit there and with your with a smile on your face, sitting in a chair. Yeah, yeah. So I think trying to encourage that. Now, is that something? How are you handling that with teams and the, the meetings that you run? Are you trying to keep everybody online or so, know, on camera? So meetings that I control. Uh, I mean. Even if I look like crazy and I need a haircut and I haven't shaved in four days, my camera's on, right? I mean, the digital backgrounds that you can get are awesome so that you can't necessarily see that, you know, I need to I need to put <laughs> some stuff away in the room behind me, right? I mean, it, it's great, but I'll turn the camera on. And that, I mean, is it? It's a not. It's it, it, it's a non-specific cue, but it says, "Hey, I'm here. You can look at me. Let's let's do that." And people will do the same, by and large. Yeah. Meetings that my customers do, that I'm not running, that I don't control. Um, zero percent of them use cameras. They are all still treating it like dial-in. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that. Um like I just I had a customer meeting today and everybody is it's just their icon. There's nobody is using a camera. Nobody's yep. nobody's visible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the meetings that I run, you know, with, you know, industry and teammates and things like that. And I mean, it, again, you know, if I can't see 
I mean, that, that someone thinks what I'm saying is crazy, then I'll just assume they think I'm great and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's the egocentricity of uh, that, that I have there. But, but yeah, it's being able to see, be able to say something like, hey, you know, Milner, looks like you disagree with me. <laughs> Let's work this out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, it is. Uh, it, it, it's and. It's great. And honestly, it's sort of democratizing because I have several teams that are geographically distributed anyway, right? So, you know, I'm not always, even even beforehand, I couldn't always be in Boston, couldn't always be in St. Louis, right? So now even the folks that are, you know, in Montgomery County that or downtown DC that I would normally get into a car and drive to, you know, they it's all all the same. And I think that as it goes on, and depending on how long this continues, I think that we'll we'll likely see uh, more customers using cameras as well. Yeah, I and there's also the supply chain of you know, right? a lot a lot of organizations didn't have cameras integrated because they they, they either did, they of, didn't need some them. of their hardware needs to be able to go into secure rooms, and so they explicitly deactivate cameras. Sure. Yeah, and and in a lot of buildings, I know the, the collaborative rooms, building out video teleconferencing rooms. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of money, a lot of space has gone into that, yep. and the the setup for. Okay, everybody has their own mic, their own camera pointed at them. We're going to do this. It's going to be this big collaborative little little nerve center inside of a of, a, of our building. You know, if you, if you want people to use those, you don't put yep. cameras on their desks because if you Absolutely. put cameras on everybody's desk, nobody ever leaves their desk and they just VTC yep. from each um, you know each of their yes. locations. But I think yeah. they'll be a little bit catch up on that on the hardware side. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's the difference between like how public schools were like our IT is set up to provide a robust IT learning experience from these particular buildings slash rooms. Yeah. And now it's now we're needing to transition to providing a robust IT uh, uh, presence wherever there's a piece of IT hardware. Yeah, I think, for, you know, from a hardware standpoint, it, it that's not too different to me from when they finally had the um, HSPD-12 PIV cards that they wanted you to actually use those and plug them into a laptop and have a card reader. And when that first happened, I remember having a lot of conversations about, well, we don't have any of those readers. And now our standard corporate image laptop has one in it. Yep. And that everybody has them. I mean, we buy from Dell and Dell offers it as a standard standard plugin. Yes. Standard plugin. Um, so I, I think there'll be some some catch up there. Yeah. Um, certainly. Yeah. Well, certainly as as I mean, because some of our customers like I've been reached out to. I have a GFE laptop for one of our customers and they pay me saying, hey, your laptop's old. You can get a new one if you want. I mean. I, I don't want to drive into the middle of the city to, to do it. And so it's fine. Uh, like I can do my job with it. And so I let them know that that was fine. But there, as, as hardware cycles through their, uh, their processes, I'd be surprised if they didn't start issuing more things that were more capable of that. Yeah, I would think that so. That sort of robust, uh, uh, 
VTC collaboration suites. Yeah, so last question for you is, have you done any conference industry event type um you know, whether it was conferences or little seminars or anything like that, have you done any of those kinds of things? Yeah, I, I atten- yeah, I attended a, a lunchtime uh, speaking uh, thing on you know about uh, COVID and its impact on, on some of the IT industry uh, a few months ago. That was um, Oracle put it on. Um, it was it was pretty well done, honestly. Um, you know, with these those types of, I mean, you lose the looking around the room and seeing who's there, handing out business cards, hearing conversations and talking with folks about about what they're doing. You lose that, but you definitely get more attention on here's the topic, you know, and here's what's going on with that. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to figure out how we can replace the networking portion of it, not just mm-hmm. the learning portion. Cause yeah, I, I have not seen or heard of any really successful versions of seminars like that, where you can have, you know, the, the, the standard half hour before you stand up and FCA does the pledge and you, and you get, you have your, your coffee and your, and your, and your Danish and 75 people in suits walking around talking about what they're all working on and, and, you know, putting teams together and figuring that stuff out. Um, and yeah, I've not seen anybody successfully do that yet or, or heard of a, uh, a way to, to replace that yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so going to sign up for, uh, the act IAC ELC imagination. Oh, nice. That, that big, the kind of, that's always been their big capstone yeah. annual event. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and sign up for that. And oh, that's, that's a day or two, and they're still going to have speakers and all the tracks and all of that. And they're, yeah, that's ice month, right? It's normally October, right? Uh, October. I think they might be doing the beginning of November this year. Okay. Um, but it, you know, the benefits, I think, um, I didn't go the last year or two because it was several days, and I'd look at him like, "Wow, I have to go to either Williamsburg or Philadelphia." Yeah, yeah, I'm going to burn three days or four out of the office, and that's tough. And um, and then you have, you know, the cost of hotel and and all Mm -hmm. the rest of that that goes into it that makes you decide how many people you want to send and all that. But then plus the sign up for different tracks, go to this event, go to that event. There's been a lot of times that um, there was some, some topic I'd be interested in and I'd stick my head in and I realized like this room is is jam packed and it, right? I'm interested, but not interested enough to stand in the back for and, an hour and a half for an yeah. hour and a half. So, yeah. you know, n- never mind. Um, and as much as you shouldn't multitask, take phone calls, do all those things, right? Sometimes stuff comes up and that whole step out and then you don't want to interrupt the speaker. Am I going to go back right. in and all that? I think um, that's going to make it a lot easier. But I, I, I do whole networking interaction piece will be interesting to see. I mean, ACT IACT does a good job on um, on a lot of their events. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they figure out a you know technology angle. 
that that bridges that gap. Um, I know we similarly in an area where I think um, it, it can be a little challenging is we we recently have been doing um, we did a CMMI appraisal. And we also uh, we did the first CMMC, which we'll talk about in a future podcast here. But there, we we did the first CMMC uh, assessment gap analysis uh, that was done in the country, and um, both of those are very intensive activities, and generally benefit from a lot of discussion and interaction and all of that. They are also full eight hour days focused on that. And and the auditors really like to be in person to make sure that people aren't, you know, blowing sunshine and, and go, going, you know, texting people uh, to get answers for them to get the right stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And so they, they required for these, we had to, uh, we had to video record them. Wow. And so on the CMMI side, CMMI reserved the right to go in and um, essentially audit the video yeah. to check in at any points to make sure that, we were really doing what we were supposed to be doing and um, that it was being conducted in accordance with all of the rules and so forth. So, um, you know, I I think that's, it's, it's interesting to see the, the technology challenges. And again, this is probably where when we're talking about the ACT-IAC conference, there's probably a tool out there that, either isn't intended for the networking angle or is used for it in some other industry or something that that will come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think between niche players like that and enhancements of big provider like Microsoft Teams, you know, yeah. the, the what, what are they going to do to, to counter that, you know, it, engage in that market. Um, some of these event companies, uh, you know, we have a contract that involves uh, events and event hosting and strategy and marketing and all of that. And working through how that's going to operate, I think those tool, those sets of tool of analysis of tools, um, I think that's now a, a growing niche market that there's probably somebody that has a, a small niche company that has some tool that, uh, you know, six months from now is going to get acquired by Microsoft and, 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 and bolted right. into one of these platforms and um, probably make a lot of money out of that process. It usually works. Right. That, I, and if it can solve that problem, worth every penny. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I think uh, so for the for the next highlight cast, we'll uh, we'll first get to see the experiment here of the Microsoft Teams recorded podcast translated to audio file. And uh, then we'll, we can dig into CMMC. And I think there's a lot to talk about there uh, that yeah. it, it's just a, it, it's just an interesting uh, paradigm of, of change in the government around that new certification around cybersecurity. Uh, and it's a very, very different, much more detailed way to become compliant. So we'll talk about that next time. But uh, until then, we'll go work on our technical work and see if we can't make this a podcast. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Adam. The views and.
The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect Highlight Technologies and or any agency of the U.S. government.